The title of our um, message this morning is A Needless Wound. And um, I want to focus just on a little part, a very little part of Luke 22, verse 51, um, where it um, reads as follows. And he touched his ear and healed him. That will be our, our focus um, this morning. In Luke 22, verse 51, we read about what? About the last miracle um, that Christ performed before his, uh, before, yeah, his crucifixion. And he touched his ear and healed him. Of all the miracles that Christ performed, this miracle, uh, I would say, uh, was one of the finest. The first miracle that Jesus performed was at the wedding at uh, Cana in Galilee. This, of course, was a very happy, cheerful occasion. But the last miracle, the healing of the ear of the servant of the high priest, Malgus took place in Gethsemane, where Jesus had to drink the bitter cup. And I think the challenge that I want to put to you right in the beginning, and I think that's the challenge of life. Are we prepared to drink the cup that the Father has given us? Are we prepared? To drink the cup. Be careful, perhaps not to answer too quickly. When Jesus changed the water in wine, it was said, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. That is according to John 2 verse 10. This observation is also applicable to the miracles of Christ because he also, regarding his miracles, left the best for last. This miracle glitters and shines because it's not done in an answer to the cry of distress as such, but rather as an answer to the vide of an enemy. The slav on a fayant. The manner in which Christ deals with the servant of the high priest, Christ becomes a living object lesson of how we must love our enemies. After wrestling, wrestling in prayer in Gethsemane, Jesus, not sorry, not Jesus, but Judas appeared on the scene. And Jesus approached him and the gang. He was leading with the question, who are you looking for? The answer followed, Jesus of Nazareth. Then Christ, very calmly and with great dignity, said, it's me. Then they drew back and fell on the ground. I hope you... You see the picture in your mind. I trust you're familiar with this passage of uh, Scripture. Initially, they were be bewildered and without words. 
But very quickly they got themselves together and approached Jesus with their weapons. When Peter noticed the threatening attitude of the servant of the high priest, he no longer could restrain himself. He could not he drew his sword and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. So, but Clarus is clear. Then Jesus said to Peter, Then Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back into each sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that the Father has given me? John 18, verse 11. You see why I said it's not so easy. Then Jesus touched his ear and healed him. What do we learn from this situation, this experience? Very briefly, I think, well, well I learned a few lessons from this. And, um, and I share with you, see if it makes sense to your heart and your mind. Firstly, the sword and the cross does not belong together. I say again, the sword and the cross does not belong together. In this critical stage of the life and ministry of Christ, Peter does not have the courage to be the least. Peter was of the opinion that it was the time to fight the devil with his own weapons. Now we fight fire with fire. According to Peter, the disciples should be willing to fight for Jesus. If they had to go down with Jesus, it must be with the sword in the hand. But we should know that Peter's approach was contradictory to the approach of Christ. Christ cannot be served or defended by the sword, but only by the sword of the word. In Luke chapter 9, verses 52 to 56, uh, we read of the Samaritan opposition. When Jesus and John heard that the people of the Samaritan village did not welcome Jesus because he was heading for Jerusalem, they asked, can you recall this, Lord do you want us to call fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. We are not allowed to deviate from the basic attitude and methods of Christ. Without the cross, we cannot follow him, but with the sword, we cannot serve him. The second lesson that I learned, it's all about the uh, commiseration of Christ over people. For us Afrikaans amazes that a baie word, but that big word, it reflects on the love and the compassion that Christ have, that he 
as for um, his children. One cannot but help to notice the love and the compassion of Christ in his ministry. The servant of the high priest is in the eyes of Jesus more than an enemy. He is a fellow man. Christus that is why Jesus did not, did not ignore his wound and his pain. The point being, over Christ there will not be a man, not a woman, no person with a wound standing at the cross. He would bear all wounds and endure all pain. <clears throat> Sorry. Christ also cares for his church and he is with his church. And he will, he will never leave or forsake his children. How on earth is it possible for the church to survive all its mistakes, its limitations, its weaknesses and the abuse of its members? There is only but one answer. Christ remains faithful to his promise. He is still the Yahweh God, in a sense, as the Father is faithful to his promises and his covenant. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. He is still present in his church and is also busy to heal the wounds caused by his followers, by his children. He is busy healing the wounds that you and I daily, that we cause, that we are responsible for. Think of that. Think about it. I live to serve others, but yet I believe he's busy healing the wounds that I might cause. And how would he accomplish that? He heals through making everything working for the good. He heals by softening hearts by easing and alleviating pain. Peter was the cause of a needless wound that was contradictory to the plan of Jesus. If we think of all the hurt that has been done, all the sin, all the wrong, all the evil that has been done in the name of God, Hoeveel mense is nie al brandstapel toegestuur in hierdie lewe in die naam van God nie? My God have grace upon us. All the wrong, all the hurting, that we as his children that should be the light bearers might have caused all the wounds. Thank God he's, he's busy to heal those needless wounds. When the Christians sin or speak offensively, when Christians 
become insensitive or loveless. When Christians think and imagine that they are serving God's cause, then his hand that healed the wound of the servant of the priest is still there to heal and to restore. And so our mistakes are corrected through him and the bad we caused gets removed. Let's be thankful in our hearts for what he accomplishes for us. Thirdly, very briefly, I also learned the lesson that it's important uh, to submit to the will of God. Submitting to the will of God is, is vital because moving outside, outside of the boundaries is fatal for our spiritual journey. The last miracle is a revelation of how considerate and forgiving Christ is. His conduct has also a calming effect and indefinitely helped that the gang did not attack the disciples. And now Chiki Pietra is also there, you know. So I will not even stir. But thank God for Christ, the Father, for His Son. We see His complete and perfect obedience to the Father when He prayed in Gethsemane, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, verse 39. And now it became very evident to Jesus that the cup will not be taken from him. It is against this background that Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the Father has given me? Are we prepared to take the cup the Father has given us. We need to be so thankful that Christ chose the cup instead of the sword. The cup of God's will or the sword of self-interest. Lastly, the last, the fourth lesson that I learned from this experience is about forgiveness. And it challenges me and my challenge you. Jesus proclaimed the message of forgiveness throughout his entire life. Forgiveness even for those who are hostile towards him. It's not our natural way of doing to forgive those that is negative and hostile towards us. In this event, we see how the conduct of Jesus reflects a forgiving and a caring and a loving spirit. The challenge for us, let's demonstrate love and forgiveness towards those who has been unreasonable and unkind with us. Let's demonstrate love and forgiveness towards those who has harmed us, perhaps, caused us maybe sorrow 
grief, pain, or some kind of affliction. Let's demonstrate love and forgiveness towards those who acted perhaps in malicious joy against us. Wanneer jy dit rechtig ervaart, hy leed vermaak, dan is dit maar moeilik vir menselike natuur om vergevingsgesind te wees. Mens kan makkelijk lief vir jezelf. Mag jy ons genadig wees. Let's forgive others for our own sake. When I forgive, I get closer to God and position myself to experience God's forgiveness freely. Probably the next day, the servant of the high priest, priest Malgus, was part of the crowd that gathered at the cross of Christ. Then he saw the king of the Jews wounded. He saw his hands, his feet, his side, and his back heavily wounded. Then he would probably give thought to the fact that the same Jesus, who is severely wounded only hours before, miraculously and inconceivably touched and healed him. Having said all of this, I park the question with you. Will you accept, will you receive the cup that the Lord has given you? Amen.